five questions. As you know, we're here to address a bunch of different issues and topics for players today. We want to help to impact and influence the basketball community. I got Matt King with me from Be Better, Be Different, who plays an important role in our team and player development aspect. And also today we got a really, really special guest in Evan Turner. Evan Turner is from Chicago, Illinois, attended the legendary St. Joseph High School. Um, he was a four-star recruit ranked in the top 50 coming out of high school. He went to the Ohio State University and was uh, the Big Ten Player of the Year, first team All-American, and was also National College Player of the Year. Uh, pretty tremendous NBA career so far. He was drafted number two overall by the 76ers. And um, obviously, special, special talent, special, special person. We're excited to have you, E.T. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, allowing me on to uh, spread, spread the wisdom. Awesome. Appreciate you, brother. So, hey, five questions. We jump right to it. You know why we're doing it. Um, you're a great example. So right to it. First question. Looking back on your high school and college careers, what are the things that stand out to you the most? Uh, I just think, you know, the, the basic lessons and, you know, teachings I was taught, I think uh, they all built my character and my humility. Um, I think they built, you know, my work ethic as well. I think I was blessed with that type of environment. Um, I learned it from my mom first. Um, you know, one thing we always said since I was a kid was hard work and perseverance brings great rewards. You know, along from having that saying, I was able to have an example of, you know, uh, hard work day in and day out, just from how my mom raised us and, not only did she, you know, talk the talk, she walked the walk. I always saw her uh, as her effort, like the most effort, no matter what. I never really uh, saw, to a certain extent, excuses due to her because she always tried to, you know, put the put the priorities first and make, you know, make the most out of every situation. And, uh, I think once I hit high school, I was fortunate enough to go to, you know, a legendary high school with a legendary coach who, you know, in general, his my mom always said. And I learned later that, you know, his recipe was raising men. You know, we came in as a boy, as boys and raised men. He had a lot of, a lot of talent coming in. He was fortunate enough to see a lot of talent. He had a lot of D1 players, a few NBA players, you know, legendary Isaiah Thomas from the Pistons. And, you know, one thing we always preached much more than skill set was, uh, you know, you never win with jerks. That's one thing I learned from, like, day one was, like, you never win with jerks. You know, he helped me with humility. You know, um, like you said, I was a top 50 player in the country. You know, before you act this, I was mopping the floors. And, uh, you know, he suggested I do it for the sake of keeping humility and keeping that, that work ethic and that blue collar mentality. So that's all I can really think of. And, um, you know, that really helped. And throughout high school, you know, the more and more I worked, I was fortunate enough to meet my mentor figure, uh, Coach Mullins, Mike Mullins, in AAU for the Illinois Wolves. And, uh, you know, I think from there, you know, polish, you know, polish me in the direction of where I wanted to go, which was the NBA to be a Division One college player. And I think, you know, one thing I always learned was, uh, was fortunate enough, along with the skill set for basketball, was people checking my inner core and checking, and checking my character, you know? I think uh, one thing, no matter what, even I had my best times in basketball, so my lowest, I was always reminded by family or my circle or anything like one writer or, or oh, how can I learn from it and where my spirit and energy is towards that you know and I think I think from high school that was a big part in going off to college with Coach Mata. That's, that's a great story. That is a great story. 
you know, one of the things that I would say is we really want to challenge players through this five questions to not only be challenged as, as in their development as athletes, but also just their development as, as people. And in, in my research, uh, one of the things that I saw is how much of a reader you are. And I just wanted to ask you, like, how has that impacted your view of the world? My mind was all, honestly so weird, which makes me comprehend how lucky I am. In the summertime, my mind was always so big in education. You know, even when I was a kid, and there's pictures of me being homeschool with my brother, because she just, you know, she was always big in education. So in the summertime, when people, you know, people at the crib and stuff, like kicking it, we had to like read books or I had to write in a journal every single day. You know, obviously consistency and the discipline from that helped a lot. But, you know, I think uh, one thing that my mom taught me that I think in general I speak on is standing and putting yourself in different rooms where you can do yourself opportunity, which is like, you know, she's always big in education. So I remember when I was 15 or 16, I was getting tired of like waking up at like, six, like 5.30 a.m. or 5 a.m. and stop to take the bus to school. I could have went to like Farragut High School or High School. And if you look up those school, and they're in my district in the city of Chicago, but if you look those schools, they're not the best schools. And, uh, you know, I just remember my mom saying like, you know, she busts her ass when we have a better opportunity. But, you know, little things, like you go to school and the birds and stuff, uh, the books are better. The environment you're in is better. Um, you know, my mindset goes from just, you know, maybe, just maybe finishing high school to graduating college, you know what I mean? You know, I think the wisdom of reading books and the wisdom of learning came from my mom to start. And then obviously, Coach Mullins, uh, like I said, my mentor, he always gave me books to read. I think the first uh, book he ever really gave me to read was uh, the John Wooden book. It's like a blue cover. And obviously, it's big in humility and all, you know, all those type things. Uh, you know, he comprehended my love for Muhammad Ali. You know, one of his quotes is, uh, if you view the world the same at age 20 as you do at 70, you wasted 50 years of your life. You know, you know, to follow up with that, that kind of helped me just continue to read, helped me continue to explore. And, you know, I've always been encouraged to uh, view myself as more, you know, more in a basketball player. And uh, I think that circle in my family, my mom, you know, Coach Mullins, who, you know, gave me some of the best books I've had, along with Phil. Really, you know, I really, I seek wisdom from there. Because I was one of those knucklehead kids who probably looked at the world in black and white. And uh, it's a gray area where you really, prosper and, you know, find a hope. You know, one of the things that I appreciate so much about Phil when he works with guys is if you get a chance to work with him, one of the first things he does with everybody is he buys them a book. He gives them something that he wants them to read. Um, because I, And I think that challenges each of you guys um, from the beginning to say, you know what, I'm going to challenge you on the floor. I'm going to hold you highly accountable on the floor, but I'm also going to challenge you mentally. I'm going to challenge you in other ways to make an impact, to use your career, not just to benefit yourself, but to really impact others, right? Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. And I think the first book he gave me was, I always mix this, Everybody Always or Love Does by Bob Goff. You know, that's, that's up to this point, I think that definitely helped my, my view as, you know, a Christian and continuously my relationship with God. Just I think sometimes in that point put stuff in perspective of, you know, getting away from myself and having my mind wander elsewhere into the bigger picture, you know? And I think the books is where it allows you to stay conscious and sometimes, you know, comprehend a bigger picture, you know? And, uh, you know, day in and day out, it, I think it kind of helps you because a lot, of, a lot of times the social media era and everything else like that is so easy to get sidetracked and messed up and, and you know, sometimes get off your rocker. 
Yeah, no doubt. Well, here's here, we're going to take a little bit of a turn here, and I want you to be as honest as you possibly can because I'm going to tell you, like, I'm a little frustrated. I get frustrated um, looking around our youth culture, especially in youth basketball, and seeing some of the stuff that is going on because it seems like so much of the time people are so putting so much energy in things that don't matter. You've been in the NBA for 10 years now. You're a veteran. You're a guy that has had a lasting career. What would you change in today's younger player? I think I would kind of change uh, the importance of winning. I think at the end of the day, like one thing I learned, like I said, from Rod Thorne, I learned this early. Um, I started paying attention to it from ever since, but I remember uh, towards the end of my second year, um, you know, sometimes you're ready for playoffs, they play the younger guys or whatever. So I'm playing uh, Milwaukee. I think I had like 30 at night, and I was like 14 for 28. So this is like 2012. So this is the analytics era, you know what I mean? So this is where everything is pop. You're like, how much does this add up? You know, so that was like where it was the most popular ever, you know what I mean? We were talking and stuff, and I remember after the game, we won. Rod gave me, sent, Rod Thorne sent me a, a, a text like, "Yo, good job, like big win last night, everything, like yeah, I do that, like you know." So I'm kind of like analytically thinking, like, "Damn, like thanks, but like you know, shit, I could have, I could have shot it a little bit better, like you know, I could have been more efficient in this sense. I got to get better at that." And it's like, I mean, you won the game, and you're four, that's fifty percent, fourteen for twenty-eight. You know, it's like all that matters is you win the game. I remember. Probably a couple of months before, I felt like I played, I had close to a triple-double, but we lost and he was pissed. And like, you know, he's kind of upset. We, we had a pretty good, good conversation, but it was just like, I didn't comprehend it because I'm like, yo, I played my hardest, I tried my hardest. You know, sometimes in AU2 games, whatever, in the NBA sometimes, or even AAU, you get NBA'd or, you know, you lose track of what, what matters. And I remember asking him, like, oh, like, I played hard, could have had triple-double, like this slap, that slap. And he's like, do you comprehend? But you didn't win. If you can't win, you're no like, you're no use for me. Like, like I'm going with winner. Like pay attention to the winners because the winners do what they're supposed to do. I learned that like 22 or 23. You know what I mean? And um, obviously when I was going up and down and stuff, uh, I was trying to figure out like my best to like you know keep learning as a young pro. But that's one thing that really stuck with me amongst kids. It's like I have some kids come up to me like Yo, I'm all state in this. I'm all staying that. Or some kids come up and be like, yo, how did this kid do this? Or how did this kid do that? Or how did I not get this? Or how did I not get that? And it's like, bro, y'all, y'all don't comprehend. And, you know, winning is everything. You know, I, I meet a lot of people that, you know, public-wise or whatever. Or, um, some people might be like, yo, this is my favorite player. And, and, and so talented or whatever else. But people might hate being teammates. People, people may not want to go to trenches with them. There's some stars. And when it starts unraveling, it's like, they don't know how to win. They're just talented and they can't work for anybody, you know? And nobody wants to work for them or play for them. And, you know, if you're really into this basketball thing, I think, you know, the biggest thing with sports is supposed to teach you life lessons, you know what I mean? And, you know, um, leaving here, I didn't want to leave this situation, like being an NBA, like, you know, just handicapping myself, handicapping my mindset and, you know, kind of, you know, being too selfless. When you uh, sacrifice a little bit, and I learned from Brad Stevens, know your role, star your role, and, you know, uh, most importantly, accept your role and everything will work out. I was in a situation my third year where I was top 20 in scoring in the league. I was averaging 22. 
I get traded to Pacers. Um, it's, you know what I mean? And it came down where I was averaging the most I ever averaged. I probably didn't get offered what, what I wanted to get offered that next contract. But then I went to Boston, bought into my role, started my role, found a niche. And, you know, after two short years, I walked into a four-year, $70 million deal after averaging 10, 6, and 5. But most importantly, going to playoffs two years in a row in Boston. That was my fourth time in fifth years. And just being a good locker room, doing, doing what I needed to do, you know, um, except for my role. I comprehended. We had Isaiah Thomas's, we had Avery Bradley, you know, we had Jake Crowder. I had to figure out a way to really, how can I affect this game, you know? You always have everything you need. And going and say, once again, a three-point, obviously, in the NBA, three-point shots and everything is so important. But when I'm asking, like, how am I going to fit in? Where am, like, how, how am I not going to get lost in the sauce because I'm not, like, the best three-point shooter? I remember being like, I'm going to find my niche and make my own role. Like, it's 10 three-point shooters on this team. Everybody else averages one or two assists, maybe. All right, I'm a good playmaker. I'm a good ball handler. You know, I'm not the best shooter. I have shooters with me. I can slot, slash, I can drive, I can shoot mid-range. How can I make the most out of this situation in a niche and help the team and add value to myself? You know what I mean? I think that's a realistic thing. A lot of dudes throw their shit to the side or quit or transfer or or whatever else when they're not the star player. And I'm um, sorry for making this like such a long question, but it's just, you know, it's just a loaded answer in a sense, or a, lo- a long answer, but it's a loaded answer because I went from being a franchise to being damn near out the league and deciding if I was going to conform and adjust my game and swallow my pride for the sake of my career, for the sake of my dream of playing in the NBA, for the sake of my family. And a lot of kids just keep going wherever they want sometimes or you know might transfer elsewhere to be the man and if they don't win they're just, they're just you know just a dime a dozen that's awesome et man you you know i love you to death and that's a big reason why i do just because you're so truthful and you're so authentic all the time um tell me this you you had a chance um at ohio state to transfer and it got tough for you your freshman year and you were thinking about doing it what uh what what played into that decision and and, and what went through your head to, to stick it out no, like I told you, my, uh, my mom, she came down and told me, uh, you know, her story about how hard she worked and, you know, level with me in that sense. Uh, my mentor, Coach Mullins, he one thing that he said, I kind of remember and forcing the man up. Because, like, you know, you made a decision around the college time when I was kind of calling, you know, calling, like, man, I'm struggling here, like, I don't like you here, whatever. And so you had, a, you had your fair choice of schools and decided that school. You know what I mean? And ever since then, it's been up and down. Of, you know how much you like it or not. And told me a story. I'm not sure how accurate it is, but with Benny Del Negro, his dad, he had called home from his dad, his freshman year struggling. His dad was like, We can talk about anything else, but basketball wise, like, I'll be hurting you if I don't tell your man up. So when it comes down, down to basketball, like, don't call me until you're running that thing. Like, you, knew, you know everything you need to do. Don't call me until you're at where, you, where you're supposed to be at. Like, you know what to do, like, on a, whatever else. Like, now you just have to man up. Like, going to college and everything else is about being a man. And uh, I thought that helped me tremendously. And then Coach Mata kept the rule of me. And he's like, have you been two feet in since you've been here? And this happened around October-ish or whatever. And I've been there since June. I was like, I was like, I kind of, it's like, well, no matter what, whether you want to transfer or not, you're never going to take off or get to where you want to go if you're not two feet in. You'll never have ground or balance. So if you come back here and decide you want to stay, whether we smooth out, whatever, you have to be two feet in and you have to be committed. And that was real. 
And from there, I worked hard. I stopped making excuses, obviously. Um, I think the most important thing is I listened before I talked and I learned before, you know what I mean? That was the biggest thing was just learning, learning, you know, the regimen and getting my body used to what it takes to, to be great. And you got to be good before you be great. I got to say, and I know Coach King will probably agree with this because he's coached a lot of high-level players at a a whole lot of different levels like I have, but you just said something that'll change college kids' careers. Listen before you talk. Question number five, the last question, the same one we ask every guy, what does it mean to be better and be different to you? We know that being better is an advantage, being different is an advantage, but when you combine both, what does it mean to be better and be different to you? To be better and be different to me. I think uh, I think to be better, obviously, I've been focusing on just you know, my own journey, so to be better, it's just, you know, be better than what I watched yesterday, you know? Um, I comprehend, uh, you know, the chop wood, carry water mentality. Um, you know, everybody wants a home run, but, you know, sometimes falling in love with the, the little basic things is, is, is what really is going to sustain. So I think that's like being better. It's day in the day out, staying on, staying on your path. I think being different is uh, in a situation. I think being different sometimes in this situation is, in this day and age, is adding substance. You know, and adding, uh, adding like the heartfelt thing, you know, adding compassion to, to your movements. I think that's what's different. Um, as a player, as a teammate, or whatever else that, you know, when I speak on, I try to be too competitive. And as a leader, you know, in the locker room or, or you know, the family, I, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself, of like, all right, this is, this is a team thing. Like, how, how can I help the next man? How, how can I? How can I influence positively the best way to, to, to not only help myself, but to help my teammate or whoever else, you know, or whoever else is in that, in that position. And, um, you know, one thing that, you know, Phil showed me and I learned from that book of Bob Goff is being a pillar of love, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I think the pillar of love sometimes is is, is, is acting in, in the manner of what you want. So, you know, every now and then it's, it's spreading the, the good news Sometimes spreading, you know, uh, a good word of encouragement. And every now and then, sometimes is sometimes walking away from a conversation that literally does nothing for you or anyone else. You know, when it comes down to negativity, I think uh, being different is controlling my my, my personal, my, my my own personal approach to everything, my energy, my focus, and you know, my vibrations. I think that's being different. And, you know, anything else is simple enough to do you know my, my second nature reactions are sometimes necessarily not the not the best responses so i think being different is sometimes being conscious and, and challenging myself to react in the manner i want yeah et you're definitely better you're definitely different and we always say when you combine both of those it makes you elite uh coach king and i really appreciate having you if you guys listening are interested in joining us or learning more about being better and be different visit our website be better be different.com and click join now at the top right 